contemplating, um, I told the board a couple weeks ago, and what I'm going to be speaking on here is, is uh, for the next week or two, is, is a spiritual uh, warfare, basically. And any time, man, every time you go to speak on that, say, so why are you speaking on that, Pastor? Well, number one, the Holy Spirit told me to. Number two, uh, we, we can't be ignorant of Satan's devices. And so coming into, spirit, coming into 2024, one of the things that we need to do as believers is not be lazy Christians, but be Christians that are proactive, that are on the uh, offensive instead of always on the defensive, right? The church oftentimes is weak and anemic because we're, we're, we're retreating instead of taking ground. And so, um, you know, and I knew, I knew, I told the board a couple weeks ago when I met with them, I said, I am, I'm going to do a series on, on uh, spiritual warfare. And I put it out there. And I know this about the devil. When you put it out there, he's, he knows it's coming. He's going to do everything he can to stop you. And I began to think about this week and how he put me on my back. I, thick like that very often, and I thought, devil, there is no way you're keeping me out of the pulpit. I'm going to speak the truth because you are a liar. Come on. Amen. And, and, and there are seasons. Matter of fact, when Jesus was out in the wilderness, and man, I'm going to be just maybe a little bit all over the place today, but just bear with me, all right? It won't be nothing new for everyone that's, that, that goes here uh, all the time. Uh, when Jesus was out in the wilderness, uh, he was out there, and, and the devil tempted him three times, and, and Jesus answered him with the word of God every time and shut him down. The, what it says at the end of that temptation, it says the, the d devil left and looked for a better uh, a time to come and deal with Jesus because Jesus had handled him. How many know that Jesus has already handled the devil? Amen. Amen. And so I, I want to speak to you on this battle ready. Everyone say battle ready. And I want, number one, we're going to be talking about this know your enemy. Everyone say know your enemy. All right, go to Ephesians chapter 6. And we're going to be looking at three verses today. And I want you to pray for me today that God would just be with me, that he would lead and guide me. I, I have just, uh, man, since uh, early this morning, God has just been just pouring into me. And, uh, and it just seemed like, uh, you know, some days are just a fight sometimes when you're, when you're battling. And it uh, seems like if it could go wrong today, it did go wrong. You may not have noticed, but there was a lot of little things that, that went wrong today. But that, that is okay. How many know God is on the throne? Amen. And so uh, battle ready, know your enemy. Everyone say know your enemy. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10 through 13, okay. I'm going to do my best to get through this quickly here. Finally, it says this, finally, be strong in the Lord and the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand. Everyone say stand. Against the schemes of the devil, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over the present darkness, against spiritual forces of evil in heavenly places. Therefore, everyone say therefore, Take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand firm. Everyone say stand firm. All right. Well, let's pray. Heavenly Father, God, I pray, Lord, that you would anoint me today. Lord, I feel your presence in this house. God, I feel your sweet anointing in this house. God, I believe, Lord, that there, there is a word here that is going to be planted that is Lord, that is going to, uh, Lord, encourage somebody, Lord, that somebody's going to be set free, that somebody's going to come to know Jesus today. 
And God, I pray right now against the enemy. Lord, we just we we say this, devil, back off. You are a liar. Jesus has overcome you. And so we say right now, Lord, God, I pray, Lord, that you be with us today. Remind us, Lord, that we are victorious through you and only you. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said, amen. Everyone look at your neighbor. Smile at him real big and say, did you comb your hair before you came to church today? I want you to do this today. Imagine, if you will, in your mind, a military movie. How many like military movies, all right? All right. Uh, imagine in your mind a military movie where the main star is sitting in a classified top secret class, maybe of Navy SEALs or Green Berets, and he's sitting there with that group with a uh, commanding officer looking at them. Can you picture that in your mind? Come on. Some of you got a movie in your mind right now, all right? And, and, and they're getting briefed by their commanding officer on the mission ahead of them. Number one, what they usually do is they usually say this, hey, this we identify the enemy. We are telling you who your enemy is. You're going in to get this person. This is our objective to take care of this target. These are the weapons that they have. You know, you could, you could picture this in your mind. Number two, and this is what they tell them. This is how we'll do this. We will use this method. We will use this kind of material. We'll use these kind of weapons to go in and do it. And so Paul here in Ephesians chapter 6 is basically doing that for us, putting it in modern terms so we can understand it. But he's doing this for us spiritually. He's saying this. Here we need to know who our enemy is. We need to understand and know uh, who the enemy is so we don't confuse innocent people and go attacking innocent people that, that, are, that don't need to be hurt uh, unnecessarily. And so uh, this is the equipment that you'll that you'll need to achieve your goal. And so, how many know that <clears throat> Jesus understood spiritual conflict? Amen. Jesus understood spiritual conflict. Come on, come on. Jesus understood spiritual conflict. All right, I don't know if you know this, down in the south, they have this thing called talk back, okay? And I know we're not the right tone in this building. So I, oh, there you are, you're the right tone. They talk back, come on, when the pastor says something, they say, amen, pastor, that is right. Amen? Come on, that's what I want to hear today. I need your help. I need your help preaching today, all right? All right, but listen, listen. So Jesus understood spiritual conflict, and he understood spiritual warfare, and, and he understood how to deal with it. Matter of fact, when Jesus was born, King Herod tried to have all the babies killed. We talked about that a few weeks ago. Under the age of two. You know why? That is called spiritual warfare, trying to take out God's plan before God can make it happen. How many know he did not succeed? So here's another thing. Jesus moving on until after he was baptized, he's going into his ministry, he goes out to the wilderness, and he's fasting and praying. For 40 days he's out there. And Satan comes along three times and tempts him, and Jesus knocks him down with the word of God. Some of us need to get the word of God in our hearts so when the enemy comes in, we can speak with authority of what God has said. Come on, and not what we think, you know, we need to say. So Jesus, he does that. And then in the Garden of Gethsemane, we see Jesus, and on the cross, he is there, and he is, he is quaking there in, in the garden. He is, he is, Lord, if there's any way to let this cup pass from me, he understands what's about to happen. But he says this, nevertheless, nevertheless, Lord, not my will, but thine 
will be done. Lord, let it happen in me. I understand what needs to happen here. But this is what we need to understand. So goes the master, so goes his people. And Paul would say it like this at the end of his ministry. He's writing to Timothy. And he says, I have fought the good fight. Listen to me. What I need you to understand, ladies and gentlemen, is we are believers and we are we are in this in a spiritual fight, and we've got to learn to stand and fight. Amen? Come on. Now you're, you're getting there. You're, you're helping me out a little bit better. So, uh, and so I, I've taught this, but I feel compelled uh, by patterns that I see. You know, oftentimes in, in, in a church as a pastor, you see patterns of attack. And the enemy comes in, and he tries certain things, and he uses the same methods over and over but what I felt like the Holy Spirit was telling me, coming into 2024, listen, we have got to stop cowering back and start pushing forward. Amen? In Jesus' name. Amen? God is purifying his bride and, and his church. And I don't know about you, but I want to be one that stands, come on, in the battle for the Lord. I want to be one that stands at all costs. I want to be one that says, Lord, if you want me to charge hell with a water gun, Lord, I will do it with all my might. Everyone say this. This is the first point right here. Be strong in the Lord. Everyone looks at your neighbor and say, you look strong. Verse 10 says this. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Now, you, it, that's a real easy verse to just read over really fast. But there's a command there that God is telling us. So uh, if we're going to be battle ready, listen to me. Uh, it, it is going to depend on the Lord and not you. If you're going to be spiritually ready to handle the battles that, that the enemy, that the devil is going to throw at you, it's going to be because of the strength of the Lord and not in your own strength. Amen? It says, be strong in the Lord. It's nothing I do or I can even do on my own. It's simply this. I'm connected to the Lord, so that's where my strength comes from. David said it like this. My strength comes from the Lord, not the hills. Not myself, but the Lord. He says, my, my strength comes from the Lord who made what? Heaven and earth. Amen. Joshua said it like this to the people of Israel. He said this. Be strong and courageous and do not be afraid, for the Lord your God goes with you. Everyone say, be strong. How many remember Samson in the Old Testament? Samson was strong in the flesh, but weak spiritually. He could do a lot in his flesh. He made the whole Philistine army, man. He, he fought them, and he did so many, so many great feats physically. But he is an example of fighting spiritual battles with human strength. They'll only get you so far. The enemy will come in, and with his haircut, when he lost the source of his, of his strength, God had given that, that secret. When he let that secret out, oh, Delilah, oh, Delilah, right? And he told her his eyes were gouged out. The Philistines, they, they were able to take him. And there he is, and he's pushing on a mill right there. And in that moment, with his eyes gouged out, not being able to see, with his hair gone, he understands something, and he prayed to the Lord. And this is what he prayed that day. Listen to me. He said, Sovereign Lord, remember me again. 
oh God, please, what strengthen me just one more time. If you're going to fight spiritual battles, it's going to be in the Lord's strength and not in your own. And here's what we need to understand. Some of us need to lay down our flesh and just trust God and lean into his strength. Never once does God say, hey, do it all by yourself. No, no, no. He says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him. He'll direct your paths right. That's what Proverbs 3, 5 says. So, but I need to tell you this. Life is not a playground but a battleground, spiritually speaking. Amen. But let me ask you this. Why are so many church people weak spiritually? Think about it for a moment. Why is the devil using us like a tetherball, just whipping us around? When God, when Jesus Christ, with the work on the cross, it's because we're doing, we're trying to do things in our own strength. Amen. But, but how many know that the blood of Jesus, come on, how many know the blood still works? Everyone say, the blood still works. When the blood is applied on me, I'm not walking in my own strength. I'm walking in the authority of Jesus Christ who is in me. Amen. And so, and we need to understand this. The devil has already lost the battle. His ship is sinking. It's going down. And he's just trying to pull everybody down he can. But we need to understand this, that we cannot fight supernatural battles in the natural, but the blood of Jesus can. Amen? Amen? Come on. If you're with me, say, I'm with you, Pastor. Everyone say, so be strong in the Lord. All right, here's the next thing, the schemes of the devil. Look at this, verse 11 says this. Point two is this. Put on the whole armor of God. Everyone say, put on some of the armor. No, I got some of you. Put on some of the armor. Just put on the helmet of salvation. Just put on the belt of, belt of truth. Just put, no, 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 put on what? All. Oh, you can't go into battle half-dressed. So it says put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. Everyone say the devil's a schemer. Reminds me of my brother growing up. Putting on the whole armor of God, listen to me, listen to me. And this is where we miss it. It's a discipline. It's a discipline. And this is why we miss it. Every day we get up, we choose to put it on. You cannot receive the armor of God with someone laying hands on you. You cannot do that with me praying for you. You, you know, but you, every day it's going to be a discipline. You're going to pick up your Bible. You're going to read the Word of God. You're going to pray to the Lord. And every day you're going to get up, you're going to decide, Lord, I am putting this armor on before I walk out the door. And if I get into a spiritual spat with the devil, guess what? I am ready to go, and there will not be any weaknesses in me. Amen? Come on. Schemes. Schemes. The word schemes means craftiness, deceitful methods that the devil he uses to attack God's people with. And so the devil with, for centuries has been dealing with humans. And here's what I've learned. With most of us, we think that we're the exception to the rule. But how many know that the devil is pretty smart? And listen, I'm not here to give him any more credit than he deserves, but he has, he has 
man bullied, confused, and, and lied to a lot of people and misled a lot of people. And listen, you may say, well, I'll never do that. Listen, man, Peter said it. He said, Lord, I'll never deny you. But he fell to temptation, right? And he denied Jesus three times. And so we have to understand that, that the devil is crafty and that we are not the exception to the rule. So I want to look at that rather than being a spiritual casualty today, I want to look at some of these schemes. And I, I don't want to make an exhaustive list on these. But, but C.H. Spurgeon, the old pastor, he said it like this. He said, he, talking about the devil, he'll attack you uh, in, in, in spiritual attack, sometimes by force. Everyone say force. And sometimes by fraud. Everyone say fraud. I like that statement. While there are many schemes, too, that I want to point out that, Purgeon, that Spurgeon was talking about here. Number one is force. Everyone say force again. Sometimes in this life, force is frequency of attacks. How many know that on, I believe it was, was it December 6th, 1941, that Pearl Harbor, is that right? Am I right? Seventh. Seventh. Okay, I knew I was close. December 7th, 1941, uh, the, the uh, Imperial Army of Japan came into Pearl Harbor. And you know how they caught America off guard? They came in wave after wave after wave after wave. And they basically took America and crippled the Navy that we had that was parked there at Pearl Harbor. We're minding our own business. And, 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 and it was just wave. And that's the way that the devil works. Wave Wave after wave, focus after focus, a game. His aim is this. This is what the devil wants to do. He wants to dishearten you. He wants to discourage you. And he wants to destroy your walk with the Lord. That's what he wants to do. How many have ever experienced that in your life where you're walking through discouragement? You don't even know why you're walking through discouragement. I got no reason to be sad. It could it be that the enemy is coming in with wave after wave of discouragement? How many know that sometimes it comes in waves? Sometimes you get sick. Well, come on. And sometimes you, then your grandma gets sick, right? And then your dog gets sick, right? And you're like, why is everybody getting sick? It's wave after wave after wave after wave. It's called a spiritual attack. And it's made to discourage you. Come on, how many know that America was not discouraged? They, hey, we may have lost that battle, but he, you know what? The nation woke up, and what did, what did the imperial leader said? He said, we have awoken a sleeping giant in the Americans over there. Listen, it is time for the church of Jesus Christ to wake up and get out of our slumber. Come on. Right? Here's another way that he attacks you is in, 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 in just frequency of things. So, you know, your refrigerator goes out. You know, that just, you know, that happens sometimes, right? And then while you're working on getting the repairman out to get your refrigerator, your AC stops working. Lord, help me, right? Then on the way to town, your truck breaks down because you bought a Chevy instead of a Ford. I'm joking. I'm joking. You bought a Dodge instead of a. I'm just, I'm joking, just by American. All right, all right, all right. But, but, but it's just wave after wave after wave, and sometimes you're like, God, when does it stop? Have you ever been there? Spiritual attack. That's how the devil schemes. I, I'm just going to keep coming at you because I, I sense discouragement. I'm going to keep sending stuff your way. 
I'm going to make you trip going up the stairs into your house and skin your knee. Whatever it takes. It's not one bad thing. It's just rain. It's not just raining. It's pouring right on your life. And, 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 and it's not things that, that make you sin, but things that make you start to doubt God and forget to be thankful for what God has done and forget about the goodness of God because it's just wave after wave. And we say, God, I need a break. God, I need a break from this. God, help me out. And we feel like Job. Job got wave after wave after wave after wave. He lost all his family. He lost all his possessions. He lost everything but his wife. I've often wondered about that. And Job got wave after wave of a bad thing, but, but he didn't succumb to the devil. The, his wife said, Job, why don't you just curse God and, and die? But I, mean, I believe Job understood, hey, if I could curse God and die, surely I can bless him and live. Amen. And, and I love that statement, but, but here's what I want to tell you. Wave after wave after wave, come on, as the people of God, we've got to learn to stick with it and understand this is just the scheme of the enemy, all right? Here's the second thing, fraud. Everyone say fraud. The devil is a grade A fraud. Now, I don't, want you to, I don't want you to misunderstand something. The devil has power, but can I tell you, it's broken under the authority of Jesus Christ. The devil is an expert liar. He is a manipulator. The Bible calls him the deceiver of the brethren. And he makes... Uh, uh, things and so here's a couple of things that he does because he is a fraud. He he makes you challenge God's word. I've never in my lifetime seen or experienced today the challenge of people challenging God's word. Does the Bible really say what it says? Is they they want to challenge it in its in its thing? They, they and the devil comes along and makes you question. Did God really say that? Do you remember he did that in Genesis with with Eve? And 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 she's like, I know I shouldn't eat of this, and he says, but you really won't die. Did God really say you would die? Did he really tell you that? Right? And he twists the word of, of God. And he, he makes it fit his agenda, right? He said, surely you won't die. And he told a half-truth because he knew she wouldn't die in that moment. But he didn't realize that, that, I mean, he understood what he was doing. But she didn't realize the ramifications of what was happening. You know, he'll make you question things. Does the, really, does the Bible really say that about fornication? Does the Bible really say that about this? The world says this, but... I don't know if, it, if, you know, the Bible is right because the world's saying this. How many know that the Bible is the final word? Amen. Come on, right? Here's the next thing. He lies to us, to us about our identity in Christ. The second thing that the devil likes to do, come on, another scheme that he does, is he comes in and he lies to you and tells you, hey, you are not worthy. You, uh, when God has called you his son and daughter, when he has called you that, listen, the devil will come in and say, you are not worthy to be his son and daughter. You are messed up. You were tweaked out not too long ago. You, you, you're in bondage. You're struggling with this in your life. You, you are a no good, nothing, nobody. You don't deserve nothing. How many know sometimes you got to turn to the devil and just say, shut up? And so he, he comes in and he, he comes at your identity. It's what he did with Jesus. And, he, he, and Jesus, when he, Jesus was being tempted and Jesus is out there fasting and he's sitting there and he comes to him. He said, hey, if you're the son of God, he questions Jesus' authority and his identity. He says, if you are the son of God, hey, turn this, these stones into bread. I know you're hungry right now. And he challenges Jesus' authority right then and there. 
But I love what Jesus says. And, 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 and Jesus turns and, and, and he says, you know, you need to understand something here. Listen, man does not live by bread alone, but what? The word of God. Come on, the truth. Everyone say the truth. And so Satan challenged him, and, 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 and Jesus said he, he didn't have to really defend himself. He just quoted the word of God. How many know the truth shall make you free? Here's number three. He tempts us. He tempts you, right? How many have ever been tempted? How many have fell short when you were tempted by the devil at times? Your flesh. The devil knows your flesh. The devil knows your weakness. Come on, he'll put that thing that you love right in front of you. Come on, I'm being real. Oh, you know, the devil took, took Jesus up on the high mountain there in the wilderness, and he said, hey, these kingdoms, all these kingdoms, they can be yours. Jesus, these can all be yours. And he says, all you need to do if you bow down to me. And Jesus looked at him and said, it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. What he said was, shut your mouth, devil. I only worship the king of kings and the Lord of lords. That's who I am, all right? And so many are dismayed by, uh, by, by giving obedience to the kingdom of darkness for earthly gain. This is what they're saying. It's like, hey, I'm giving up this because the devil will give me this. I want to do what I want to do. It's not what God wants me to do. I want to do what I want to do. But there is this statement in the Bible and many songs, what good is it for you to gain the whole world but lose your soul? And people are doing it all the time. Here's the next one. He twists Scripture. How many know the devil twists Scripture? And, 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 and the next point that, that Jesus is tempted, uh, the devil takes it to the high point of the temple there and and they're on top of the temple, and he says, hey, uh, you know, uh, he, and, and Satan quotes Psalm 91. And, and I'm going to tell you this. The devil knows the Bible really well. He does. And, and, and there with Jesus, he quotes Scripture, and he takes him up there, and he says, hey, this is what it says. For he will command his angels, talking about the Lord, concerning you and guard you in all your ways. They will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against the stone. So cast yourself off of this, and God, God will save you is what, what he's saying in that moment, what the devil's telling him. And Jesus answered it. It is said, all right, hey, I'm going to take you back to the Bible again, you knucklehead. Here we go again, right? Hey, do not put the Lord your God to the test. Funny thing is, Jesus knew the part of the scripture that the devil didn't quote. He quoted Psalm 91, 11 through 12, but he did not quote verse 13 because there's a part in verse 13. Come on, Psalm 91, 13 says this. You will tread on the lion, talking about Jesus, talking about how we know that, that Peter calls uh, the devil uh, a lion, a roaring lion. Is, but, but this says, this speaking of Jesus, and the, uh, prophetically, you will tread on the lion and the cobra, you serpent, all right? You will trample the great lion and the serpent, and Jesus Christ would do that. How many know that the devil twists the word of God? Amen. Jesus Christ, his blood, his word can overcome temptation. Amen. The Bible says this in James, resist the devil and what? He will what? Man, when the devil comes in and you're tempted, run the opposite direction. Be like Joseph. When Potiphar's wife said, come here, give me a kissy kissy. And Joseph said, I'm out of here. I'm running away. Amen. And, and the Bible says that when we resist the devil, the devil flees. 
I'm out. I'm gone. And, and here's the thing. When you're at your weakest point, that's when the devil comes in. Some of you say, hey, some of you are maybe at your weak point. I, I need a drink. I need a hit. I need a snort. I need to look at that website one more time. Come on, I'm getting real. Can I tell you something? Every one of these schemes that the devil brings in, they're built on lies. Every one of them. Hey, he can give you satisfaction now, but Jesus Christ can give you eternal life. Come on. Eternal satisfaction. Amen. And, and listen to me. The devil is a defeated foe. Come on, we'll say it again. The devil is a defeated foe. Everyone say it. The devil is a defeated foe in Jesus' name. Come on, give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Number three, right here, I'm going to ask the worship team to come, is this. Remember who you are wrestling against. Remember who you are wrestling against. How many of you guys like WWE wrestling? I know there's a few of you in here. You're not raising your hands because you, you're embarrassed. That fake wrestling, I know they're physical, but come on, it's all planned out. We all know that, right? But, 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 but wrestling, how many know that we, we need to understand who we are fighting against, who we are wrestling against? Verse 12 says this, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. All right, let's put a pin and let's stop right there. Here's what I need you to know, and everybody in here needs to know this. We do not fight against flesh and blood. You know what that tells me? That, that Greg is not my enemy. You know what that tells me? That the pastor of another church in this town is not my enemy. Come on, somebody. You know what that tells me? Come on. Your spouse that you're fighting with is not your enemy. Come on, somebody. Come on, Pastor. You're coming down, sitting down right in my lap. Well, the Holy Spirit's just leading me, all right? We do not fight against flesh and blood. Because every time I do, I, I'm doomed. Whether I fight with a family member, my wife, a friend, a boss, a spouse, or whoever it might be. And, and, and if I'm fighting against flesh and blood and I'm arguing and fighting and striving, I'm in the wrong battle. I've, I've missed I, I have not appropriated the right enemy. All right, listen to me. Serving in ministry, I, I've seen the best in people and I've seen the worst in people. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going to be real with you. I, I've seen the best in people. I've seen the worst in people. I've, I've seen people cry in the altars and right after church go out and gossip right out, out of the altars and talk about other people. Come on, how many know that's wrong? I've seen the best. Oh, God's touching them. That's great. Now they're gossiping about people in the foyer. Come on. I've seen the best. I've seen the worst. I've seen people sow discord and distraction and disunity, not even realizing that the enemy was using them. Here's the, here's the point. I'll use this as an example. And uh, there was a lady that, that, that served on, on our team in one of the ministries that I served on. I like to call her my thorn in the flesh. Oh, pastor, I'm just being real. It was a challenging time for me. I, you know, everything I did, she challenged. I couldn't understand why. She questioned everything. She, she started pockets of gossip about us and our family. And 
She had kids that she used against us to try to accomplish things. And I was so aggravated as, as a leader. And I was just like, I don't understand this. Why, why are you this way? And I was to the point where I was like, I wish you'd just go away, you know, kind of thing. But I wanted to push her out. I began to pray. Holy Spirit began to reveal something to me one day. I was praying. PJ, hey, God deals with me. She's not your enemy. The spirit behind her is. But she's not your enemy. You need to pray for her. Lord, I don't want to pray for her. I'm mad at her. You need to pray for her because the spirit behind her needs to be broken in Jesus' name. All right. Yeah, right? So my enemy is not, not any person. Some of you... Listen to me. Some of you are fighting battles against people. Some of you are fighting battles against your spouse that you aren't supposed to ever fight. And your spouse has become the target that, that shouldn't ever have been. Some of you are fighting family members. Come on. You just came out of Christmas. Pastor, why I got to bring up our family members? Some of you are fighting family members. You won't spend holidays with them because you, you got upset over something years ago and you're still mad about they didn't let you bring your beans to the dinner or whatever. We laugh, but it's true. Some of you are fighting wayward sons and daughters. And you've tried and you've tried and you're like, come on. And you've loved and you loved and they just keep coming back and help me out, help me out. You help them out and then they run away. You help me out and they run away, right? You're not fighting them. Moms and dads, you're not fighting your sons and daughters. Some of you say, well, I've been fighting my boss for a long time. Listen, your battle is not against your boss or your coworker. It's the spirit that maybe is working through them. And when I say spirit, I'm not talking about the Holy Spirit. I'm talking about, you know, demonic oppression or spirits that, that are they, they're led. Listen, there are times, come on, even the people of God, sometimes we fall victim to this. The, the devil will use us at times unknowing to our own. That's why we got to pray. Lord, lead me not into temptation. Well, Jesus prayed that. Lord, lead me not into temptation. God, don't let me say anything that's going to cause confusion or cause any kind of issue. That's why we got to pray every day. Amen? The devil's so smart. This is, this is how smart the devil is. That he'll get you distracted on your spouse. And you'll think your spouse is the issue when he is the issue. He's over there going, ha, 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 got him. So we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, all right? Here's the next part. But against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over the present darkness, against spiritual forces, the evil in heavenly places. This is simply this, and I'm going to give you a little Bible study here. I'm going to do my best. Some of you don't come on Wednesday night. I'll bring Bible study to you on Sunday morning. Come on, somebody. Woo, I felt that one. That might have been a little flesh. I'm sorry. This is talking about the ranking of demons. The King James Version says this, principalities, and a principality speaks of territories. A principalities is this. It is a prince of palities. That's what it is. Well, that's amazing. Or territories. In Daniel chapter 10, verse 13 21 days, Daniel prayed and fasted. He's waiting on the Lord to respond to him, right? The angel showed up 
with his answered prayer and told him, hey, I would have been here sooner, but listen, I got caught up uh, between heaven and earth from the, the prince of Persia or, or this uh, principality, and he intercepted me, and, and man, we were in a battle. I was trying to get away and, and, and get to you, but I couldn't get to you because this principality was keeping me from getting to you. The battle was so intense that the, the archangel, Michael, had to come down and clean some house and let him get through and get his answered prayer. And what principalities is, 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 is demons, demonic forces over regions. How many know that uh, places like, come on, places like Iran have demonic oppression over them. There's, there's always a scheme. There's always something scheming in that area, right? I've traveled places in the U.S. at times and, and in other countries where I go somewhere. And, man, if, you, if you've been in this thing long enough, sometimes you just walk into a territory like, whew, there is some battle going on here, spiritual battle going on here. Everyone say principalities. Here's the next one against the authorities. This is the one I really want to lean into here. Powers of authority speaks of demonic forces that keep people in bondage. This is how they rule. They rule in bondage. I, I want to get you trapped in the same perpetual sin over and over. Make you think that you can't be delivered. Make you think that you can't live a sinless life. Make you think that you can't live victorious through Jesus Christ. Make you think that this is impossible. How many know that all things are possible through Jesus Christ? Amen. Come on. And this is what you got to understand. Now, listen, I, 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 this is going to be a little bit deep teaching here, but I, I, I need you to understand this. The only way that these authorities can, can, can gain power in you is when you give them access in your life in certain areas. That's it. When you invite them in, they'll come. You don't invite them in, they won't come. But you know what? If you, you have Jesus Christ in you, come on. The, how many know that the blood still works, amen? He can protect you. He can be with you. But listen, if you invite sin in willfully, come on. You're opening a door into your life. Here's one I want to talk to you about. These, these three main uh, demonic forces. Number one is moral impurity. Everyone say moral impurity. Immorality. Second one is this, bitterness. Everyone say bitterness. Here's the third one, temporal value. Everyone say temporal value break those down real fast for you. Moral impurity or immorality is it deals with these things right here. You ready for this? Buckle up. Get ready. You might want to write this down. I think this is going to hit home with a lot of people. You ready for this? Lust. Pornography. Fornication. Addiction. Sensuality. Pleasures of life. Homosexuality. Do I need to keep going on and on and on? When you're in bondage to that thing, it's a higher level authority that you've given access. There's minions underneath that are doing things that are keeping you bound. But that thing, you've got to deal with the general, all right? Here's the second thing, bitterness. Everyone say bitterness. And this, this demon, demonic force of bitterness, it comes in. And listen, we start by saying, I, I'll never forgive them for this. And, and then we get resentment. And then we, it, it looks like that. And then we slander. And then we hate. And then we murder. Bitterness, root of bitterness in our heart, man. We, we just don't trust people. We hate people for whatever reason. Here's the next one, temporal value. I want to say temporal value. And this one creeps in when we start placing value on things, temporal things, instead of eternal things. My house, my job, my car, my, my, my money, all 17 cents of it. Pride of life. 
And here's the thing. These open doors often lead to connecting behaviors. I'll give you an example here. If someone is acting out, somebody's, uh, uh, you know, cheating on their spouse, they probably have a pornography issue. Okay? There's just an example. Okay? Here's the second thing. If you're resentful, it's rooted in bitterness. There's something inside of you. You didn't forgive somebody. Doesn't mean you have to love, like you have to love them, but doesn't mean that you have to be best friends with them. But man, you gotta forgive and release that thing, okay? It's giving that person rent in your head that they don't deserve when you don't forgive them. Luke, Luke 13, 11 tells us the story of a woman who was bowed over and she she couldn't look up. And when Jesus called her, he said, Woman, thou art loosed. And he looked at her and said, Woman, thou art loosed. He laid hands on her, and immediately she straightened up. All right. Can I just say this? If you're dealing with bondage, one of the ways that you can do practically to help you break bondage, get you some accountability. I always say, Pastor, man, what, what are you doing today? I, I'm just, I'm, I, I'm following the lead of the Lord right now. Get you some accountability in your life. Because let me tell you something. Find somebody you trust. Say, listen, Matt, man, I, I'm struggling in this area of my life, man. I, I have been looking at some stuff on my phone. I need you to pray for me. I need some help. I, I need you to call me. I need you to, to, to help me get through this. Find you somebody that, can, that you can lean into. Because this is what happens when we, when we reveal the source. The devil likes working in secrecy. You know what's great about exposing sin? It's exposed. <laughs> we can deal with it now. I sinned. Thank you, Lord. Free me. Right? So get you some accountability. Everyone say accountability. Here's the next one right here. Against the cosmic powers over the present force. That's, that's this. When you turn on your TV, you see darkness in, on every turn, right? Rulers of darkness speaks of demonic forces that oversee leaders and given society and provide uh, the only explanation for darkness that seems to increasingly preeminate in the world. It just gets worse and worse. How many know our leaders? Man, you see this all the time. Here's the next one. Against the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly places. And this this just speaks of spiritually high places that seem to be so high in knowledge, people or that think that they're enlightened somehow. But it's not enlightenment in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. I'm on a spiritual realm. Come on. You, you hear it all the time. Religious organizations, new age believers. Come on. Uh, you know, and they believe this whole lie. Doing Ouija boards. Doing things like that. Hey, this will bring you enlightenment, right? But it has nothing to do with Jesus Christ. And these are lower level foot soldiers. That they just they keep people blinded their whole life. Uh, oh, I just feel something. In my, you know, and it's not based on Jesus Christ. Come on. So Paul's saying this, hey, we got a, the battle's bigger than you even realize. These are our four enemies right here. Boom. Number one, principality of rulers, okay? Powers of authority, rulers of darkness, and spiritual wickedness, all right? So this is what I'll tell you. We identified them. We identified who they are. We know who the enemy is, right? We know it's the devil. We know these, these four entities right here that work with him. All right, here we go. And here's the thing. I I think some pastors speak on spiritual warfare too much sometimes. And I think some people, some pastors don't speak on it enough. I believe there's a heavy 
a, a good balance here. But it's what we need to understand is this. I don't want to ever give demons more power than they deserve, all right? But I need to understand who they are, okay? That's what this is about today. Everyone say Jesus' blood. I'm going to read it again. Colossians 2, 13 through 15. Now listen to this, to the scope of what I was talking about. And you who were dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of the flesh, God made alive together with him, having forgiven all your trespasses by canceling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands. This he set aside, nailing it to the cross. Everyone say nailing it. Your debt's paid. He disarmed the rulers. Come on. <laughs> and authorities. And put them to open shame, triumphing over them in him. In Jesus' name, amen. Here we go. Wrap up real fast. Verse 13. We're going to continue this. So we'll go through the rest of it next week. Verse 13 says this. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God. Everyone say the whole. That you may be able to what? Withstand in the evil day. And having been done all, to stand firm. So number one, be strong in the Lord. Everyone say, be strong. You got to put on the whole armor of God. Know the enemy's schemes, all right? We know how the devil works. We know he's a liar. We know he's a fraud. We know he cut, likes to come in and wave after wave after wave. We got to understand what's a spiritual attack and, and understand how to deal with that. Sometimes you just got to plead the blood of Jesus over your life. You got to quote the scripture over your life. Come on, somebody, right? You got to know who the enemy is, right? So now we know who the enemy is. We know how he works. Come on. We got all the information we need to know, right? This verse says, therefore, take up, which means to grab it first thing. I talked about that. It's a discipline every morning. Hey, Lord, I'm going to grab this. I'm going to put on this armor. Today I'm going out. Lord, I'm not going to coward back. I'm not going to go in weakness. I'm not going to be missing a piece of armor. I'm going to go with all authority that you've given me to walk this thing out. It's a new year, and I can't think of a better way to, to, to start a new year before we even start it than to come in and just with this attitude of, Lord, I'm going to stand. I'm going to fight. I'm tired of being the devil's tetherball. I feel like I'm getting beat left and right. The, the devil's pistol whipped some of us in 2023. Can I tell you something? It's time that we stand in the authority that Jesus Christ has given us. Amen. Man, if you're here, will you stand with me? Uh, you're here, so stand. <laughs> Do you receive that today? Do you receive that word today? Uh, this is what I want to do. And I, man. Will you, will you give me like five minutes here? I know you're tired. Say, Pastor, I'm tired. You know, I'm tired too, all right? Will you, will you just give me five minutes for something? I, I want to do this. If you want, uh, David Norris, come here. Can you help me, brother? <laughs> I know you, you probably sense this. David leads up a battling frontline ministry. They deal with this all the time, every day. And, and I'm going to ask you to just pray a, a, a prayer. Will you pray a prayer over this body? 
the word of God is already anointed. It, it's, it's, it's went forth. But will you just do this? As, and as a body, will you, just, will you just lift your hands and say, Lord, here I am. I'm going to receive this right now. I'm going to ask him to pray this prayer over us. At, coming in in 2024, hey, listen, next week we're going to get to the armor of God. We're going to talk about all the goodness of that and going into battle and all that stuff. But right now, we're going to pray God would give us uh, everything we need. He has given us the blood of Jesus Christ. We have that, amen. But I, I'm going to pray that God will give us strength. Come on. scripture that says that he has to flee he would turn his tail right now and anyone and on everyone in this presence in this room that has allowed him invitation into their home into their family into their ministry into their marriage into their children I pray right now they would uninvite him and I pray to each and every one of you that's out here in this congregation, I pray to God, but I ask you to do this to him right now. Tell him in your heart he is no longer welcome. Rebuke him in the name of Jesus. He has no hold, no place. He has no stand. He cannot stand against the Holy Spirit and the power of God. And if you have not accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior of your life, then you are a prime target. But if you have accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior of your life, you too are a target. Take authority. In the name of Jesus. Satan, we come against you. And Lord, we understand that we have our own responsibility. That sometimes we are our own worst enemies. And I rebuke devil and I rebuke my own bad behavior and I lift up the name of Jesus and I pray God, I pray God right now yes Lord what pastor just said, give me strength and we give you Lord authority over us right now in Jesus name, amen